0: Hello and welcome back to my podcast. This is episode two. Um, I'm just, yeah, thank you so much to everyone that tuned into the first episode. Uh, Really grateful for everyone that uh, showed your support on social media for me continuing to record these and um, yeah, to really be consistent at this. uh definitely doubt myself when it comes to consistency on things like this, so I'm, I'm going to give it my best shot, and uh, your feedback is, is definitely critical to that. It helps me come up with or um, yeah, put together what, what I'm going to cover and stuff like that. So, yes, please uh, continue to um, let me know what you think uh, and what kind of things you'd like me to cover. For those of you that uh, are just jumping into the podcast uh, today, this is your first one. You didn't necessarily check out the first episode. Feel free to go check that out, though they're not necessarily in any kind of series or chronological order, so you're welcome to keep listening to this one. You don't need the first one for it to necessarily make sense, but my name is Daniel Norris. Um, this is the Empowered to Share podcast, and uh, basically the vision behind this podcast is uh, I'm really wanting to... and my passion really is to help uh, those of you with with the incredible messages that you have uh, to get heard in this sort of digital age, through the noise, cut through the noise. Uh, it'll it'll focus around mainly topics around social media, digital marketing, stuff like that. Um, and. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to continue to dive into topics. Some of them will be really specific with social media and some of them will be kind of a bit broader, just things that I'm kind of mulling on at the moment around the topic of communications. But I am passionate about helping people uh, share, their, share their messages, whether an organization or an individual creative. And so, yes, thank you so much for kind of taking your time out of your day to listen and, and go on this journey with me as I kind of continue to explore uh, what it means to do this, and so it's um, it's been seven years now that I've really been diving into this topic as a whole and been doing it uh, for a number of different organizations and individuals and businesses, and I just absolutely love it. I, um, as as complex and and crazy as it continues to get, uh, that I see that as just an incredibly exciting opportunity because also the tools are allowing us to reach uh, lengths we've never been able to before. So yeah, I just wanna leap into the second episode. I'm going to be uh, covering my second Reluctant Coffee Snob chat spot, whatever I might end up calling it in the end, but it'll have Reluctant Coffee Snob in it. Uh, That will be uh, the first section. And then like I said before, second main thing, I'll jump into the actual like main chat. Uh, But the topic for today, before I jump into it just want to highlight that is actually around minimalism which is kind of funny you may not necessarily think of me as a minimalist and in, in I'm not really uh, in the purest form or, or sense of it but uh, I was thinking of covering another topic on my second episode I like had all the notes lined out but I'm actually recording this podcast uh, on a family vacation in Vermont uh, with family and I, I just was thinking as I'm on holiday, what would be a good, uh, actually w- the one that I, the, the thing I've been thinking about most actually revolves around this this area, this topic of minimalism in our communications and the tools that we use. And so I was also just sitting today, I'm like thinking, when am I gonna find a, a, a quiet uh, space uh, with family and kids to even record this podcast and where, where, where would be the quietest place? So I'm actually right now sitting in the middle of a field in the woods in vermont and i think that's only fitting for what i'm chatting about today because it really is um yeah about cutting through the noise and simplifying things and um simplifying our processes and stuff like that so i'm excited to kind of get more to the meat of that in this episode but uh first first things first coffee comes first i've got my uh aeropress uh whore sitting right next to me on my chair that I am drinking as I record this. Um, If you are hearing that lovely background noise that is not uh, produced or fake, the birds, and I might in the middle of this podcast have to chase off a a deer fly or a a bee or something of that sort, Uh, hopefully not a bear or something worse. They do have those actually around here. Um, That could very quickly cut my episode short, but I I don't think they're around in this season. We'll um, see. Anyways, uh, thank you for tuning in. Let's get going. Okay, for today's Reluctant Coffee Snob Chat, I'm going to be answering a question by Ernesto Cabrera in Salem, Oregon, one of my first episode listeners and advocates thank you for also sharing the podcast i really appreciate that and getting the word out about this uh podcast and getting the word out about coffee and so he was just asking me uh what is my favorite coffee where is it from now being a reluctant coffee snob um this is kind of an interesting question for me i think it 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 actually goes a little bit uh i guess Hopefully this is a little bit of an educational piece for those of you that don't really get into uh, serious coffee. You just pick it up off the shelf at Target, which is great for you. Um, Not for a reluctant coffee snob, unfortunately. Um, But... I'm not like not being a full on coffee snob. I don't necessarily where I'm like, Oh, this specific region of the world or place. I just love, I do know about them, but I don't necessarily like, I'm like, I got to get it from there. Um, but I do, I've, I've always enjoyed coffees from places like a, a lot of South American places. Um, like Colombia or um, Guatemala does really good coffee uh, as well as just like the classic coffee snob what I think is the classic coffee snob coffee is directly from Ethiopia, which is kind of one of the more known as one of the origins of coffee uh, places and so any any single origin coffee I can get from those places I'm pretty much know it's gonna be pretty good um, but like I talk about with coffee and process, doesn't matter if it's roasted poorly. and doesn't matter if it's a year old the, and been packaged on a supermarket um, shelf. So really my favorite coffee is the one that's freshly roasted. Now it could be a blend. It could be, I'm, I'm not that worried. I just think, I think the freshness of the coffee when it was roasted is more important uh, in general. Now that's a generalization uh, and not very coffee snobby of me but it is um in the sense that that's not always easy to achieve or get and it's often more expensive so even getting that on a budget is really difficult um but for those of you that don't know there's really two main kind of ways coffee is packaged um there's the kind of single origin this is means the beans have come from one place and then there's the blend blend is like you can have coffee from all around the world and from all different farms all packaged into one big blob being in Kona myself Kona coffee there's lots of controversy around that for a while people were calling Kona coffee Kona coffee where only 10 percent of the coffee was Kona coffee. And so they had a whole thing around the name Kona coffee. If you're allowed to use it, there was lawsuits around it, stuff like that. So really, you know, if it says single origin, uh, that's known as a much more pure coffee. It's one, it's from one farm, one estate, one place. Um, Though even that I think could be broadly used, but you know, it's gonna be, usually if you're at a specialty coffee shop, if they say they've got a single origin, you wanna try their kind of best thing usually, the single origin is gonna be the way to go but a blend can also be good and so there's often blends if they're obviously from high quality coffee locations um so i don't mind a blend versus single origin to me the differences aren't the big thing where i'm like oh my gosh forget blends they're gross for me it's about roasting and that's probably the biggest tip i'll leave you and the biggest thing as a reluctant coffee snob that i that i'm more snobby with is the bag of coffee's gotta have a roasted on date now a lot of the coffee you buy at costco Target, wherever it is, usually has an expiry date like most foods. Good coffee does not have an expiry date. It has a roasted on date and it goes bad if it's too far past that roasted on date. So I've even found specialty coffee in a coffee shop one time where the roasted on date was six months ago. Now there's a general rule of thumb somewhere around maybe five days after the roasted date to about two weeks is usually the prime time to consume coffee. So my favorite coffee really is coffee that was roasted about five to 14 days ago, somewhere in that range. That's when I'm gonna drink it. That's when I'm gonna enjoy it the most. It can be a blend, a single origin. And that's where, where I've been getting, uh, trying out different coffee subscriptions lately. It's just been crazy, fascinating to me that I can get coffee directly delivered to my door. In Hawaii, that was roasted like three days ago, which is nuts. So even it's like too early to open up and get. So Ernesto, hopefully that helps. I don't know if you've tried or or you're a coffee connoisseur yourself or if you drink coffee. Um, but if you do and you are drinking coffee with an expiry date on it, give it a go. Give it a try. Try to find a coffee shop. I mean, you're in Salem, Oregon, so you're not far from good coffee. Um, it is a great coffee uh, city and near and even near a really great coffee city up there in portland so maybe there's a rivalry there um not really sure but anyways portland's known as a great coffee and you've got some some big ones like Stumptown that are amazing Stumptown's going to sell you something with a roasted on date most of the time there may be some grocery stores that sell it without that but if you're going to even get Stumptown, make sure that that roasted date is re- relatively fresh it's kind of like buying mangoes or bananas or any kind of fruit because that's what it is and eating it like months later and it's getting rotten so anyways that's my thoughts on coffee for today and the reluctant coffee snob that is my favorite type of coffee and where it's from more about the roasted date but like i said i like those three different countries when i can so thanks for listening to the reluctant coffee snob So I just spent the last couple minutes uh, moving around the field trying to wave off a deer fly, and so I'm hoping it does not return this time. It um, it it has a couple times in some of my previous attempts at recording, and I'll just try to power through if not, but here I am sitting in a field in Vermont, so what can I expect? Um, but it is, it's actually a nice place. I could get used to recording podcasts in a field. It's actually almost a little bit easier to find than um, my home in Hawaii, so... Anyways, on to the main topic. Oh, rewind, actually. Quick correction from the the reluctant coffee snob piece. I did mention South American coffee and then say Guatemala, but I wanted to just clarify I didn't actually mean or think that Guatemala was in South America. I know it's in Central America, so I wanted to clarify that. I was just more saying I like South American coffee, and I also like Guatemalan coffee. So just in case for some reason my podcast gets huge in Guatemala, um, I want you to know to all my Guatemalan listeners that I love your coffee and I love that you're in Central America. And I hope to visit you one day. Um, Also, in talking about not Central America, but South America, I'm excited to actually be jumping on a plane this Sunday to go to south america uh and visit brazil for the first time and south america for the first time in my life so all the travel i've made in my life this it's crazy there's still a few continents i haven't even visited with all the miles i've traveled uh and south america is one of them so i'm i'm excited not just to it's not about ticking it off on a list, but I've always wanted to go to Brazil. I think it's it, it looks like a beautiful, amazing country. i Have had many Brazilian friends over the years, and and work with a lot of incredibly creative Brazilians. I think Brazilians are incredibly creative, um, and talented in this area of communications. A lot of strength in that nation, and so I'm excited to gather with and work with a a group of communicators in Brazil, um, and and uh, run a three-day seminar, and then I'll be. Back Back over here to finish out my family vacation in vermont so yeah on to the next well not the next but the main topic for episode two of the empowered to share podcast i'm going to be talking about minimalism which is kind of a strange topic to be talking about in a digital marketing communications social media podcast but it's honestly the thing i've been thinking about the most uh, when it comes to helping my own personal communications, so recording this podcast, doing the videos I've been trying to do recently uh, and the trainings I've been doing. I've been thinking a lot of how do I uh, get better at actually the the actual doing the actual like communicating, which is what I'm all about and what I care about and um, what are some ways i can upgrade the, the tools that i use and upgrade and and improve on the processes of communication that i'm doing process is something you know i've i talk about a lot and um will i'm sure bring up a lot in future podcasts but i um in this process of, of trying to consider how do, how do i improve on this how do i yeah launch a podcast and how do i do these videos um this Topic of minimalism has come back to me a lot and now I've I've watched all the different documentaries I've always been fascinated by it um the minimalism documentary on Netflix uh the Marie Condos of this world, that kind of thing. Uh, more recently, even, uh, tiny house nation and that series on Netflix about tiny houses, uh, plowed through that, uh, when I was traveling recently and just, I just love that. I'm fascinated by that, that thought process and the thinking around, um, it's not just minimalism, but minimizing our lives and going like what really matters, what, uh, what actually adds value and helps us do the things that we, uh, Feel called to do or or believe in what that help uh, that are bringing value to our lives and the value and the lives especially of those around us. How are we helping to serve and bless those around us? And um, and so I think I I love I also I love fashion. Um, well, I love clothes I guess in general. And, and funnily enough, I, I enjoy shopping for clothes. And so I, uh, it's always, I think minimalism is has, it, my start into that came in the area of clothes where I, I used to just buy oh, the three shirt t-shirts that were a really good deal. And I liked the color at the time. And I'd be a month in and be like, Oh, I only really like one of them, or maybe I don't even like any of them. And they're kind of cheap. They're not that great. And they just end up becoming work shirts and they're not don't really add a lot of value to my life, but I got them because they were a good deal and I needed a new t-shirt. And um, But I've been thinking a lot more about even, especially the clothes that I wear and the qual- buying quality over quantity, um, both in their make and build, but also in um, do I actually really like it or not? Or am I just like, I kind of like it. It looks cool in this moment and it's a really good deal. I should just get it because I'll, I'll want it versus... You know what? Get a shirt. Only just kind of walk away. Only get it if you're like, man, I really love the shirt. And I could see owning this shirt for years to come and still wearing it, um, and seeing it last that long and and not being like, Oh, this shirt costs three times the price of that last t shirt. Well, it's gonna last you fifty times the time length, uh, both in quality and in just the fact that you really, really love it. And so why not do it? Why not invest? And so investing in things that really add value and quality to yeah your, your life, um, I think is worthwhile. And I think in the end, you actually, I found I've saved a lot of money by doing that. I still love a good deal. I love a good bargain and stuff like that, but that's kind of where it's come in, but I've kind of more and more been thinking it in the area of communications. Um, and so, uh, this is, this is kind of something that I, 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 hope adds value to you as a communicator, whether it's for your organization and how you're serving the organization or business, or whether it's for you, your message is your own. You're a musician, you're a, um, an artist of any sort or a commu- any kind of communicator, you're doing social media, video work, photography, whatever it is, I hope this kind of thought process might even spark something for you and, and make you take stock of what you're doing, your processes uh, of, of producing media, of doing communications, but also your uh, the resources that you're using to do communications because i just think in this day and age there's you just don't need as much as you think you do to communicate in the way that you want to or you hope to and to reach the audience that you want to you don't need the resources that you that you used to just the like the starting point when it comes to being a communicator today and 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 being able to communicate to a lot of people all around the world is just incredible i mean you never 20, 30, 40 years ago, you never could ever dream of, um, being in some of the most remote. You could be in a field in Vermont and have people listening all around the world. Uh, I'm not saying I have an audience all around the world, but there'd be some people in different countries, hopefully listening to this podcast, but there's the potential to reach thousands, millions of people all around the world. Um, it's just, it's just unheard of. And it's just incredible. Um, but I think there's still a lot of this mindset that you need to have the best and all these crazy tools and features and cameras and, and computers uh, to get there. And so um, the biggest leap I've made in that recently, which I wanted to kind of share that story for you, because uh, I think it's really, yeah, it's a, it's a timely one for me and a present issue that, or, or, or piece that I've been mulling on, uh, comes around what I'm even recording this podcast on. And i'm actually recording this podcast on my ipad and it's uh one of the just these amazing uh latest 12.9 inch ipad pros uh released last year um their latest ipads and i um the crazy thing is it is actually my computer the only computer it's not an ipad i have and i've got my big fancy computer or laptop at home or somewhere in the office, this is what I actually do everything. Every video you've seen me produce in the last couple months or my first episode of this podcast, it's all done on my iPad. Um, and this has been a major shift for me, a very good and wonderful shift, but a major one about five or six months ago, I started considering it. And I, I just, yeah, I just was like, I need to give this a go. I, I really want to minimize um, and, tr- and try to improve on my processes of how I can produce more content and be sharing more about what I'm doing um, and be able to uh, be more free to travel and, and move around and stuff like that, the type of trainings and consulting I do. And so um, I was like, I really think this could work. And so before that, I had a 15-inch MacBook Pro, just absolutely amazing machines, just modern technological marvels um well done apple if you listen to my podcast long enough you know i'm an apple fan um have purchased my first computer when i was 12 um one of those lime green iMacs. um just oh man if anyone knows how to get a hold of one of those i would love one um just as a bit of a throwback anyways i i love those little side tangents i'll sometimes go on i apologize but the last two years, about two and a half years ago, I purchased um, one of the latest 15-inch MacBook Pros, um, just uh, just an incredible tool, an incredible resource. It's been, it was such a blessing to the work that I've been doing. Uh, it really was, for me, an investment in the training and the work that I'm doing, and it really did that. So I'm not actually, I'm not looking back in any form of regret over that tool per se. Um, But I just feel like this is the next uh, iteration of that, the next step, the next phase, um, especially with how technology has caught up now, especially with this iPad, uh, that I I, uh, was considering this switch. And so I was about two weeks out from a, a big trip. I was going to Cambodia to work with an organization, do consulting and training. And it was going to be these, these digital sprint trainings I do are quite intense. They're full on all day long, um, literally getting off the plane and getting right into it. And Cambodia was going to be actually one of the more intense ones with the travel schedule and everything. And, and so about two weeks out, I, I was like, I'm going to, Try this now. This could go really bad. I could find myself uh, fumbling around trying to find files, or how do I present this or that uh, when I'm there. But I'm I'm going to take the risk. And so I I got the iPad. I, I didn't ditch the MacBook Pro. This was a bit of a slow process. Uh, it, I just left it at home for this trip. So I slid the iPad in my backpack. Traveled with only a backpack, which is one of the things I'm trying to do as well is minimize what I'm actually carrying with me when I travel. What do I actually need? What's the point? Um, and uh, first off, I mean, just obviously the weight is a huge difference. So I'm, I'm used to traveling with this 15-inch MacBook Pro, and I throw this iPad in. It was just incredible. Um, I'm As I'm traveling, just even being able to consume media, whether it's shows I downloaded off Netflix onto the iPad while I was on the plane. I mean, I never pulled out my 15-inch MacBook Pro on a plane. I re- maybe once in a while would pull it out even in an airport terminal. Um, it just wasn't the thing. I was just wasn't that into it. It wasn't well, the thing. It's just like, ta-da, here's this huge screen in front of my face uh, where the iPad just be sitting on your lap, even though I've got a bigger version of it, just still was a little less uh, all-consuming. And so just even just the entertainment value, even as I travel and the value I got from even being able to do some work on it while I travel was just already I was noticing on this trip, just a huge difference that I got into the training and it was just like everything, just there was tiny little things here and there, but in general, it just was a huge win for me. Just even being able to set it on a, ta- I, I love being in round table kind of context and even setting it on a table, uh, down low, kind of in front of me, instead of having a screen up in front of my face or off to the side that I'm constantly looking at, it was kind of just sitting there in front of me and I could focus more on the people. So I'm all about equipping these, the people that I'm with and helping them and serving them. And I don't want technology to get in the way of that. And so even being able to draw on my presentations and do all this, and I was recently doing a similar training in New Zealand. And um, the fact that the iPad was magnetized, I could actually, they had like a music stand, which you would never put a laptop on because it's just, wow, that's going to fall over at any moment, but it actually magnetized to the music stand. And so did the Apple pencil. And I was like, what this is crazy um, and I had it there all week sitting beside me and it was very much just like hey this is an extension of what I'm doing and being able to show quickly the stuff that I'm doing um, and different slides and videos and stuff like that versus like hey this is a presentation in front of me I'm doing a powerpoint thing and here's step one step two um, but I was really able to work with people and so it was a huge win right away but I was still hesitant I was still hesitant to get rid of that laptop, even though it started to collect dust. I went on another, like I said, I was, went to New Zealand, but I was also in Australia before that, a major trip with my family doing trainings. And I brought it along with me and, and, you know, that just in case, I might need to pull it out for that one thing I need to do. And I remember sitting in, in, uh, at a desk in Australia and I'm thinking, and I, I needed to do a, a report for social media for, uh, account I was working on and. And I was, I, I went to do it and I was like, oh, I need my computer. I need to do this report on the computer. And I straight away stopped myself. I was like, why I got to ask myself, why do I need the computer? And I'm like, just cause it's familiar. Cause it's easy. Cause I know how to do it. It wasn't that it was better. It was, I was saying something is better simply because it's familiar. Uh, and so I had to, there was a lot of these moments along those first, that first month or two, where I had to just stop myself and go, is it actually better? Or is it just familiar? Do I just need to learn how to get by, how to do it on the iPad? And so when I did that, I found yes, the initial learning curve meant it took me longer to produce that report, but once I got it, it actually was better. It actually was faster. The next time I did the report, I could crank out the report. I could crank out whatever it was doing in half the time, because just the speed at which applications open up i'm able to switch between applications everything i'm like i'm actually doing stuff in like half the time i used to do them on the laptop even in getting the laptop out and opening an application and then jumping to that even my work basically all my different workflows i was realizing i'm actually doing these a lot faster and i'm working a lot more with people and doing what i'm doing more effectively but in a comparison side by side, the 15 inch MacBook Pro is still way more powerful, has a bigger screen, has way more features, has way more programs, can do so much more, but it really was this comparison, I think, and I think this comes into a lot of our purchasing thought process, is we don't start with why we're doing what we're doing, and what we're actually trying to achieve, and then go back, what do we need, we're kind of just going, we want to have as much as we can get, and have all of the best features, so that we can do our job better, which makes sense. Um, but in the end, like actually is it. And so I, like, I really just stopped and was like, I, I don't think it is. And so instead of focusing on this two or 3% of the MacBook pro that does that, the iPad doesn't do and, and make that my whole decision-making, I'm going to focus on the 90% of what I actually do, the 95, 98, 99% of what I do day to day, which is opening Safari and. On different social media platforms and ad platforms, and writing emails and communicate communicating, editing a video, whatever it is, recording a podcast, and I'm like, I can do all of that and do that all actually faster on the iPad. And so, when I focused on the 90% instead of the 10%, I came. It came out a clear winner, and the iPad. I mean, the MacBook Pro actually continually found itself collecting dust. So a few months in, I actually took the leap. Uh, which I thought would be harder, but I I listed it for sale and I sold it. And so I know I, the last two, three months, I think maybe two months, um, I do not own a laptop. Um, And in that process, uh, my wife, Jess has actually done the same. She ended up uh, getting an iPad herself, just even just the basic iPad. And she had a 13 inch MacBook Pro she was using for her work stuff. And she found it collecting dust very quickly. And so just a couple of weeks ago we also took the leap with that. And so we're actually we own no computers or in the classical form, laptops, in our entire family. But I feel like we're in a stage of communicating unlike any any time before in our family. We're actually doing it better than ever before. And I think it's not about, oh, the iPad at all. I'm not here to sell you on the iPad as a communicator, but I think whatever your tools are, I think we're so focused on the um the features and is it the best does it shoot 4k the video camera does it is it this editing software that i'm so familiar with i've been doing it for years and so therefore i um, have to continue to use that software versus what am i doing out the other end like does the audio quality of that yes it matters but does it matter as much as just doing it achieving it and so um, I've really been working on my process as a whole. Whether it was I minimalized down to just even from a video perspective, I just have a GoPro Hero 7. That's what I've been using recently. I just did a family vlog of our recent trip here to Vermont on our mobile family. If you haven't checked that out, feel free to go check it out uh, on Facebook. Um, I shared it on my own Facebook page as well, so you can see that. And just the fact that I I was able to record and then edit it and publish all that so quickly. I, I put down to working on minimizing my workflows and minimizing even the technology that I'm using to produce the workflows. And so I have got this, this amazing video editor called LumaFusion that I'm using on my iPad um, that I was able to literally stick my GoPro next to the next to the iPad. I was about to say computer. They are computers but anyways and i was able to wirelessly all the footage downloaded onto the ipad and then i just started editing away clicked export uploaded it onto facebook and there it was and i'm off and away now there's a lot of things i can improve on but it's not that the ipad can't do that it's just i'm still learning it i'm still learning LumaFusion how to how to edit the audio and the volumes and stuff like that but that's not that's just more me even getting to know it and understand it versus previous platforms and so um i want to i guess if you're I, i always love giving videographers a hard time sorry um but i just like and photographers i guess in some ways i'm fascinated by um how how many of them will spend insane amounts of money on their on their um cameras themselves which once again i'm not against that in any way but um depends on what level of photography what you're trying to do what type of thing but even for just basic social media um they're just working for an organization just posting out that's that's their main purpose and main thing um and and even for especially video cameras i think there's this is where probably the gap is the biggest um what they they, they spend all this time around these this crazy complex systems. Um, and then they're only cranking. And then also there's, they're not, their workflows are very complex and the amount of time they spend editing and stuff, um, which is creating a really quality thing, but it's kind of like they create one video a month. And, like I said in the last episode, I think this is one of the biggest things for communications and social media now today is like actually more to do with how we distribute the content and how much time we spend. I'm not against spending time on the quality of the creative process. I love that. But it's got to go hand in hand with the holistic communications process, which includes the distribution, actually getting the creative in front of the people that you want to hear your message. And so I don't care how quality your creative is, if it's not being heard. And so hear me in saying that, that I love your, 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 your commitment to quality, but if it's not balanced with a commitment to quality in the actual uh, distribution of the content, actually the editing and pushing it out there on different social media platforms or however you're distributing it's it's kind of pointless unless you're just an artist creating art for art's sake to look at in a field in vermont which is also fine but for a lot i'm i'm not really here to speak to just artists who are creating art for art's sake i'm here for communicators and so hopefully that's you listening you have a message and to get it heard and so i want i i guess just my challenge in this podcast is that you would stop, look over the the tools that you're using and the processes, your, your workflows and go, is there anything that's hindering me? And, or is is it even familiarity? Is it the actual like tools, the camera I'm using, or it's just still such a arduous task to to get that footage or to, to capture it or to create and then to edit and publish that this just the amount of time it's taking me is too much. Is there a better way? is there something that I can implement that would actually help me to communicate more effectively and more consistently? Um, Cause I think consistency is huge and I think we're limiting ourselves as creatives and as content creators. And so um, I am so happy. I made the leap to iPad. I mean, I wouldn't be doing a podcast if it weren't for this iPad. Like I'm literally sitting in a field in Vermont with an iPad on my lap with some headphones on recording a podcast. Like, that's crazy to me, um that even the audio quality, I mean, could it be better, sure, but you wouldn't be picking up the the little bird sounds in the background? I don't know if you are, but maybe you are um, it's just yeah it's 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 mind blowing. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful to even be alive in this digital age, what we're in. I know there's a lot of pitfalls and dangers to it. Um, but at the same time, it's just, it's a really exciting time, uh, especially for those of us in communications to, um, be really getting our our messages out there. So I'm excited to keep, um, I, the, I guess the fruit of this minimalist process and, and thinking about minimalism in our communications is this podcast for you. And so if you see, oh, I've started to produce, if you've been noticing, oh, Daniel's putting out, starting to put out videos and he's starting to put out a podcast and doing more than he's ever done before um, and been more consistent. I put it back to this process i want to put the credit there um yes i still have to be disciplined and do it i have to get outside and go and record this podcast but at the same time i'm i'm much more inclined to do it and and i enjoy it more because of how i focus on minimizing even even the headphones i'm wearing i actually i, I invested a, about two because i travel so much i invested in those really nice bose noise canceling headphones it's what you see a lot of frequent flyers wearing on planes um but even another friend of mine jeremiah he has airpods i don't have airpods so he has airpods and i traveled with him and just even even seeing that and going like is that little bit of noise canceling enough to compete with the fact that i would rather have something that i'm not having to shove in my backpack and zip up in a case and pull and take up all this space and and the simple fact that when i'm on a plane i can't really lean to the side and try to sleep with these headphones on because then it's like or like it's just they're not you you don't sleep in these headphones maybe you do um but i don't and so i i ended up you know what i got rid of them i sold them and i'm trying to minimize even in that like really weighing up the pros and cons not based on just the features and what's the most powerful but going what's actually what am i even trying to do here um even if it's just sleeping on a plane so i hope this podcast was helpful it's a little bit longer than my last one for sure um I'm not going to apologize for that, but I am really grateful for those of you that took the time to listen all the way till the end. There will be some short ones, I don't promise, but hey, who knows, maybe there will be. Uh, I. If if there is something that you have applied these things to, maybe you switched to an iPad or a tablet of any brand or, or sort recently, or maybe it's a camera that you've downgraded or switched just for this kind of thought process or you're switching editing software, whatever it is, I'd love to hear your stories um, or even just something maybe you're considering if you'd like my advice or like to hear what I think about that. If you're thinking of the switch uh, let me, let me know over on social media on my Facebook page, especially, or you can email me at contact at I'd love to uh, continue to get your questions and feedback on this, especially around this topic after this podcast. Um, Yeah. Once again, thank you for listening. Um, Once again, thank you to Ernesto, one of my first listeners for sharing the podcast last episode. Really, that that just goes so far to um, even getting my own message heard. So I really appreciate that. Really appreciate all of you that listen and share. So thank you so much. I feel like I'm saying thank you a lot, but I guess I can't really say it enough because uh, you don't have to be. You've got a really busy uh, schedule and day and you've got family and life. And so... Um, I, I really hope this is bringing you value um, it will continue uh, I will continue to publish these podcasts if it is um, if if it's not if it's I'll kind of continue to assess it uh, so your feedback on my social media. And, um, with these, with this podcast, um, really goes a long way to know, like, is this really worth even my own time? When I think about minimalism in that, like, is it actually worth it? Is it bringing value to my, to my own time and and to the work and what I am passionate about, which is you and passionate about getting your message heard. So thank you for listening. That's it. I'm going to call it a wrap, go and enjoy a single origin, um, long black or in America, we call it an Americano at your local specialty coffee shop, wherever that is, um, support local, go for it. Shout out to Kona coffee and tea in Kona. That's a great local spot if you're ever in Kona. Um, and if you're not, I'm sure you can find one somewhere. Um, I've got to go a long way from this field in Vermont to find one, but, um, I'm sure I will on my travels and hopefully will in Brazil. Well, have a great day or evening wherever you are.